0: Hello and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. Today I want to talk about health and zuhud. Zuhud, as some of you may know, has to do with abstinence. Some people take it in a more spiritual light, abstinence in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, from anything other than Allah or minimizing of anything other than Allah. So whether or not you have material possession, your heart, your mind is focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, focused on the ultimate goal. While some people may take it physically, having less stuff, obtaining less stuff, buying less stuff, eating less, etc. While others may take it to be both. I personally, when I hear of zuhud, when I think about zuhud, I certainly take it to mean both and when we will look at the examples of people like Aisha or the Prophet Muhammad and so many of the, when you look at the example of the companions and of the awliya, we tend to see people who had less even when they were in positions of power and positions of where they could be able to acquire wealth they had less. They chose to have less. And I do want to make it clear that we are talking about choice. So Zuhud is not to simply not have a lot of stuff because you can't afford it. Because And that's when the spiritual and the mental comes in. Because if you just happen to be poor but your mind is occupied with getting money, with having money, with consuming um, more stuff and more food and more clothing and more media etc then that's not zuhud simply because you happen to have last zuhud is it has to be a choice so I want to talk in particular about zuhud and health because it's something that I am dealing with myself and something that I think a lot of us maybe don't take as a means to reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as a means of Zuhud specifically, but also simply a means of being a better Muslim. For myself, then, my health and eating healthy and being healthy and movement and all of that, I did not attach that to Sufism. Even though there was a time many years ago, maybe four or six years ago, when I was reading the books of Al-Ghazali and he spoke a lot in his book, Breaking the true desires, he spoke a lot a lot a lot about eating less. so I deeply connected eating less in and, and, and Sufism very much back then, but still it wasn't quite the idea of health. eating less is is an important part of being healthy, but it's not um it's not eating less is not equate healthy and there were times I know when I was on calorie restrictive diet and I wasn't trying to eat healthy I was just trying to eat under my 1200 calories whether that meant eating M&M's chips and cookies or having salad and rice I just wanted to stay under those calories so I could lose weight and it was primarily about losing weight so that is not um, necessarily healthy to simply eat less though it is important so for me when I actually began to attempt to travel the Sufi path, when I started learning more, when I found the sheikh that I wanted to follow, etc., I moved away from aesthetics, so I was the kind of person who I wore makeup, I cared about how I looked, I wasn't obsessed with it, I was never like a makeup guru kind of person, but I wore makeup, I had my foundation and blush and etc., um, and I wanted to... I was into fashion to a degree. I loved observing fashion, looking at the fashion magazines. And I also tried to present myself well. Though I had <laughs> I had my own sort of style at different times, which wasn't always nice. Because there were times I was into dressing um, like bohemian. There were other times I was into dressing sort of hipster-like. So I went through different phases... I was definitely, in my younger days, very concerned with how I looked. So as I began to study more Islam, and then in the beginnings of trying to travel the Sufi path, I cared less about how I looked. And as some of you may know, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, that I did... Um, I did deal with bulimia from the ages of 13 to 19. So it wasn't just a, pa- it wasn't a passive thing for me that I cared about how I looked. I really actively, and unfortunately in an unhealthy way, really did want to be slim and have the nice clothes or, or look however, whatever particular style I was into at the moment. And it was really something that I was into and dedicated to To the point where I was having bulimic practices in order to try and keep my weight down. Um, So when I was getting older, learning more about Sufism, learning more about my religion, I stopped caring as much about my looks, so how I dressed mattered less to me. And I remember just going to... um, Especially when I started my master's degree, but even before that, literally, I would start wearing two or three outfits that I wore all the time. Um, I stopped my bulimic practices uh, somewhere around the age of 19. And I just began to, my health and what I ate and how I looked just faded further and further to the back of my mind. Because I was very focused on trying to study Islam and I got the most focused about studying Islam and Sufism after I was finished college. So when I started college, my level of interest in Islam had grown, um, but it wasn't to the point where it was after college. But even still, at that point, I stopped with uh, bulimic behaviors, not It was partly religious because I started to feel bad just for wasting the food for eating and then immediately regurgitating and I started to feel like I was just wasting this food. And then also the fact that um, it hurt like if anyone has ever been bulimic or even just the last time you regurgitated food it's not a pleasant feeling and I just started to not want to go through that hassle anymore so I did stop. Um, around the age of 19, so for most of my college, I actually started college at 17. So I guess that would be just about my third or fourth year that I had stopped. So when I left school, or when I left college, or maybe around the third or fourth year, I started studying Islam, taking classes... And I was really into it. I was really excited. And I was excited to finish college and dedicate more of my life to studying Islam. Um, So I went to Jordan. First I went overseas to visit my sister. She lives overseas. And then after that I went to Jordan for uh, two or three months. It was the first time I went to Jordan. And I really enjoyed my time there. I was focused on my... Islam, I was trying to pick up some Arabic, and by the time I came back home, I had gained a significant amount of weight. I wasn't the weight I am now, but I did gain a significant amount of weight, and but I was still in the relatively healthy range. I think I left from the States, maybe I was somewhere around 140. And then came back, maybe I was somewhere around 160 or something like that. So, yeah, good amount of weight to gain, but at the same time, still in the healthy range. I'm about 5'8", 5'9". And so I got back home, and I still remember looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, thank God I didn't gain too much weight. Um, But then I kind of just, the same thing, the same uh, movement towards trying to be wanted to be focused on my Islamic studies, my Sufism, and caring less and less about health. And the interesting thing is, and not really health, I wouldn't say health because it's not as if I was into health before, but caring less and less about my aesthetics, just period. And the interesting thing is that when I was in Jordan, the first time I met No, and he was... One of the things I loved and love about him is that he was a sheikh, he is a sheikh that focuses not simply on what we may all think of when we think of Sufism, just spirituality and the ruh and the nafs and you know, the spirit and the soul and all of this stuff. All of these things that are obviously extremely important. But they're also, um, what do I want to say? They are. I'm really forgetting the word. But they're beyond our nest, our everyday experience, in a sense. Um, so if someone is telling you that you need to work on your nafs, so that um, your ruh will be closer to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are all very important things, and so they give you these zikrs, and they um, give you some du'a to do, So these are all very important things, but they're happening on a level almost slightly outside of your control, uh, which is that, what I mean by that is, it's a miracle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we can make dua, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers that dua, that we can make a vikr and be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a miracle, that's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it really has nothing to do with us in the sense that You do this action and Allah will reward you, but it's not an ex it's hard for me to explain, but it's not an experience out in the world, in the sense of this is what I mean. If I go to the gym, if I exercise five days a week, if I eat less, if I eat healthy, I'm guaranteed to lose weight over a period of time unless there's something wrong with me physically. Whereas so it's like, this is something we see out in the world. Many people have done it, and we know that you can do it. There is a physical explanation, there is a scientific explanation, etc. When you make your du'a, when you make your vikr, there's no scientific explanation. There's no physical explanation. You can't even observe it in other people. They have to. They would have to tell you, Oh, I made du'a, and this du'a came true. Or, Oh, I've been doing vikr, and, and I feel like it's made me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's such a personal experience. It's a spiritual experience. And so yes, that was something I was seeking from Sufism. But what I realized and what I love about Shahnu is that that's not all he was giving us. He was also giving us the practical everyday in the sense of focusing on eating healthy, focusing on exercising, focusing on... Um, being a good person outside of what you personally do. So not just you doing your vikr and you doing your du'a and you making your salat on time and you doing your sunnah prayers, but also you being a good neighbor, you being a good um child, you being a good wife or husband, uh, you being a good mother, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was really valuable to me. And I say that it's ironic because even though he gave what I feel like is a a very full and complete message of Islam and how one can live, truly live an Islamic life, I was still, I guess, sort of hearing what I wanted to hear. I'm not really sure, but I was cut off from that more real world um, experience in trying to practice that, even though I was also drawn to it. So anyway, I became a, a Sufi. I accepted the Tariq, or Tukbeya and the Tariq, and I started, again, focusing on my Sufism, making my Zikr, continuing to try and study Islam to the best of my ability, focusing on school and entered a master's program, and just not focusing on food and eating and being healthy and exercising. I didn't have a gym membership, I wasn't trying to walk more, I was basically eating whatever I wanted, going to the Starbucks near my school, um, etc., just not focusing on it. I'd also stopped wearing makeup as well. I just wasn't focused on my aesthetic. And to me, this felt like a good thing, especially being someone who had suffered, uh, or quote-unquote suffered from bulimia, and knowing what it feels like, what it's like mentally and physically to be obsessed with with aesthetics and to go to the point of harming your own body to be that way and obsessing over it I was happy that I wasn't at that point in my life anymore so thereafter I went to Jordan and I lived there for two years and the weight is piling on continuously because again never taking a moment to I, and I shouldn't say never, there were points at which I tried, and then I failed, and then whatever, um, but never really taking that time to try and focus on my weight, because, again, even though it wasn't something that my sheikh has spoken about many times, for me, I was still focused on the more spiritual part of the message, or trying to be more more focused on that, um, And what I realized too, because it's interesting that in one sense I was taking on this level of consciousness, but in another sense I was losing a level of consciousness. Because now that I've been back trying to be more healthy, going to the gym, if I'm not at the gym, trying to walk that day, um, then I realized that even though I felt like I was more focused on my Islam and my Sufism. There was still a level of unconsciousness. There's a level of unconsciousness that has to exist when you're gaining weight. And it, it's an unconsciousness in what you're putting in your mouth or how much you're moving. Because really, literally, when I don't make a conscious effort to exercise, whether I go to the gym or walk, I don't move. I like, I hardly move. I'm a very sedentary person. I like to read. I'm on my phone. I'm working on whatever business. I'm creating something. We're doing some kind of graphics. I'm, um, reading a magazine, et cetera, et cetera. But all of these things that (laughs) require sitting. So if I'm just at home, the the amount of exercise I'm doing is so little and the amount of eating I'm doing is too much. And so there's a level of consciousness that we're cut off from even though we think we're being more conscious because they said that time, oh well I'm not watching TV, I'm, I'm, I'm not um, almost like I'm trying to take all of this bad out of my life or all these questionable things out of my life, but then somehow I end up adding on. Somebody else I'm not I'm not paying attention to this other thing which is my my food intake and my health and just to explain that a bit more um in my tariq alhamdulillah then my sheikh is really strict about a lot of things and for whatever reason I've kind of fallen off on some of those things and the tariq is just like Islam it's very expansive and so Unfortunately, you're not always, depending on who you are, you're not always going to be doing everything. Um, but then, I wasn't watching TV, I wasn't listening to music, I was trying to avoid all video, trying to avoid all pictures, not um, Not really going out unless it was necessary, um, trying to do my vicar and my prayer and my du'as and, and the his which is like the du'as other du'as you have to do. So trying to do all of these good things and then feeling like, well what what is something I can do that's just enjoyable because I've taken all these things out of my life that I used to find joy in and what do I have to replace it with. And unfortunately that can be a really trying time and maybe other people go through it. It can be a really trying time when you're in the tariq, and I think people probably have a similar experience when they first become Muslim, because you're not at the point, you may not be at the point yet where you're feeling that joy and exuberance of doing the zikr, and doing the du'a, and starting to make your prayers on time, and making up those prayers from the past, and and uh, dressing more modestly, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. all these good things that you're doing because you know it's good, but you're not getting the joy out of it yet, you're not at the point where you feel like, man, I really enjoy doing my thicker. I really enjoy saying my salah in the first hour or as soon as it comes in, I really enjoy doing my dhikr etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc., When you're not at the point where you enjoy it yet, but you've taken out those things that you used to enjoy that were either, um, what would you call it, either haram or disliked or questionable, you have this weird space because you don't have anything that you can purely enjoy yet. And it's a difficult time because either you're patient with yourself and you keep doing the work and then you turn around and you realize, wow. I really enjoy making vicar, I really love making my vicar and these duas and listening to the Sheikh and and eating healthy like the Sheikh said to do, etc. If you're not if you're not patient, then you can end up either reverting or turning to something else and not even realizing what you're doing, for example, with food, so you're doing all of this good And then you end up turning to food because that's the only thing that gives me a pure sense of joy. It's difficult. And anyway, so that was a part of, I think, a part of what happened to me. That even though Shehno is very strict about... I wouldn't say strict because obviously he's not commanding us to eat healthy. But he's very strict in advising us to eat healthy and advising us to stay in a healthy weight range and to exercise and all of that. Because I was trying to do so many other things because my life had changed so um, dramatically, then it wasn't as easy to take that advice. So, fast forward and now... Since that point, I gained far more weight because I just never stopped gaining weight. So, at this point, I'm at the highest I've been. I mean, too high for me to even mention it um, on this podcast. I wish I didn't know the number, to be honest. But... So, now I asked I ask Sheikh Noor directly for advice and he gave me some advice that I plan, inshallah ta'ala, to follow but it's just it's interesting that there are some things we don't always associate with spirituality with Islam, and people have even asked, Sheikh, you know why do you talk about health? why do you talk about exercising um you know what like what does that have to do with spirituality Sufism and It's given many different reasons, but one of the reasons, and one of the reasons that i realized for myself, is that it's easier to be a Muslim, to be a Sufi, and do what you're supposed to be doing if you are healthy. If you're fat, or overweight, or just unhealthy, it's not as easy to wake up in the morning for Fajr. It's not as easy to say Salah as soon as it comes in. It's not as easy just to even say Salah physically. It's not as easy to go to the Masjid. It's not as easy to go to the Zawiyah. For example, in Jordan, it's not as easy to just be a Muslim and to be uh, a Sufi as well. If you're not healthy, it takes a toll on you completely as a person. So, of course, it's going to take a toll on your worship. And so, I'm I'm not saying this to really uh, preach at all to anyone in the sense that I haven't perfected it myself. So I'm just sort of reflecting and sharing because besides for my sheikh and and I know Ma'am Afro's Ali had a really great lecture as well about, it wasn't strictly about health, but it had to do with um, food or something like that. You don't hear a lot of imams and a lot of shiuk talking about health, because people just don't see it as that important when it comes to Islam. You go to Islamic events; there's not healthy food. You know, people are are not eating healthy, just in general in our country. And Muslims are no, not really any exception. But the reality is that, and this is something Imam Afroz, I think, said in that lecture about. Allah telling us to eat food that's not only halal, but pure, good, tayyib. And and that's getting harder in our times. There's so much poison in our food. There's so much that's just questionable in our food. Um, but we can still do our best. We don't have to eat processed food just because it's there. And maybe we can't afford the organic, but we can still try and eat fruits and vegetables and inshallah ta'ala it's healthier than eating the cookies and the soda and so i think it's a process and it's important to realize for those of us who are trying to be religious that this is a part of our religious duty it's not unimportant and you realize it's not unimportant when you get to the point where it actually affects your health and affects your ability to be a good muslim, be a good uh, be a sufi if you are a sufi so, it's a reminder to myself and hopefully a warning to anyone who is not at that point, but maybe you are eating very unhealthy or maybe you don't think health is important, etc. That it is, it is important, and you don't want to have to realize it's important when you've taken it for granted, like when it's too late, and then you're like, oh man, now I really I better put in the work because worshipping, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not as easy when I'm heavier or when I'm unhealthy or this or that. And so, I know I didn't specifically talk about zuhud in particular, um, in terms of health and zuhud, I'm more so tied into the larger concept of Islam and Sufism, but the zuhud part comes in in that a lot of us consider that either part of Islam as a whole, or part of Sufism and abstinence from eating unhealthy food, abstinence from eating a lot is also a part of Zahud. I mean, why not if someone like Rabbi al-Adawi who died with a cup and a comb if that's Zahud, why isn't Zahud also and, yeah, why isn't Zuhud also instead of having the Big Mac and the fries in the sheikh not the (laughs) sheikh, and the shake, (laughs) the milkshake, um, I'm gonna have a less calorie-dense meal at home, I'm gonna make my own food, I'm going to say bismillah over my food, I'm gonna be more conscious over what I eat, etc., why isn't that also a part of zuchir, and I think maybe it is, especially in our times when really the food they're giving us is poison, and we all know it, like, that's not food, it's michael poland said it best in calling it food stuff oreos and and all of this processed food what's in it what is that and it made it taste really good we grew up on it we're used to it it's nostalgic all these commercials that have brainwashed us to think there's nothing wrong with it but we know better. there's so much information out there and so now more than ever is the time for for zuhud and abstinence from this world, and it doesn't mean that we're like Rabbi Al-Adawi with nothing but a cup and a comb, but in our own times, comparable to other people, being less in love with the world, being less entangled with the world, and really, it's for our own benefit. It's for our own benefit, and so I pray Allah Subhanahu wa gives me success and helps me to follow um, the advice that my sheikh has given me, and I pray that if you're in a similar circumstance, you also use this either as a warning or a reminder that being healthy is a part of being a religious person, a spiritual person. It is a part of getting closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, it also has to do with intention because I'm not saying that simply because someone is healthy and exercise, boom, they're closer to God than someone who's overweight. No, it also has to do with intention. Um, wanting to be healthy so that prayer is easier wanting to be healthy so that it's simply easier to practice Islam and to practice spirituality. There has to be an intention too, but at the very same time, you will automatically find that if you become healthier, it's easier to do those things. So it's a win-win and I hope that one day I'll I'll be able to do a similar podcast from the side of success, from the side of someone who got back into a normal weight range who was eating healthy and is able to say I did it and here were all the wonderful results and inshallah to Allah you can do it too but right now I'm on the journey thank you so much for listening take care